Dubuque, Dubuque, Dubuque is on fire. We don't need no water, let the motherfucker burn. Gabriel will be in Dubuque, Iowa on October 2nd at the Diamond Joe Casino. October 3rd he's doing a show at someone's house in Wapello, Iowa. If there was a game show called What Would You Do For $200, Gabriel would win. October 4th and 5th Gabriel will be at Penguins Comedy Club in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. October 10th he's at Ocean's 5 in Dig Harbor, Washington. And October 12th he's at the Royal City Golf Course in Royal City, Washington. Not sure if that one's open to the public. Also not sure exactly where Royal City is. For more info and for all of Gabriel's show dates go to GabrielRutledge.com. Get ready to relax, laugh, and learn nothing. Because episode 40 of Happiness Isn't Funny with Gabriel Rutledge starts right now. And now here's your host Gabriel Rutledge. Dubuque, Dubuque, Dubuque is on fire. Diamond Joe Casino's where we're gonna tell some jokes. I'll work on it. We're rolling. I am, uh, I'm not in Dubuque. That's next week. I'm in Des Moines. I won't do that. Uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah, good planning. Good planning, Rutledge. It actually is good planning if I was gonna stay here. But, uh, it's not very good planning to fly out to Des Moines, Iowa for three days, then fly home for two and a half days, and then fly back to do Dubuque and Cedar Rapids, Iowa. But what are you going to do? It's worth something to see my family for two and a half days. Uh, and, uh, also, yeah, three days of hotel rooms. Is uh, probably not as much as a flight would be, but it's still, uh, I'll just go home. You know, I'll go home. Busy, I'm in the, this is the busy time of year. I guess all year I'm busy, but uh, I just realized I have a creaky chair. Son of a bitch. Hopefully that's not too uh, audible. Maybe I can just squeak the chair every time, uh. I'm going to swear. Like it's editing out swear words. So I said, listen, mother. A little bit of a timing issue. But like I was saying, October October seems to be the month every year where I'm like, oh, shit. I'm going to be gone way too much. Not that I don't need need the money, but uh, I'm going to be – I'm doing – stuff back in Iowa next week and then I have a week home and then I'm I'm basically in Chicago doing Zanies, Zanies downtown and then Zanies Rosemont uh for I think 11 straight days 16 shows in 11 days which uh that's a lot of comedy if you live in the Chicago area and you want to go to all 16 of my shows in 11 days, don't. I'm at the lovely Hilton Garden Inn. Uh, I'm lo- right now, I'm looking at the Hilton Garden Inn Promise, which is our goal is to make your stay better and brighter. If something isn't just the way you like it, simply let any hotel team member know. 
and we will make it right, guaranteed. Which, that... I mean, there's always something that can make your state better. Not all of it's legal. I don't think you should guarantee that. Hilton Garden Inn. What am I, can I call down to the front desk? You know what would make my state better? Uh, the company of a lovely young lady. And apparently you're guaranteeing that. No? You don't do that? Okay, well then, bring me some more coffee. I actually like my uh, coffee like I like my women. Uh, in big cups. Hmm? Well, it's a nice hotel. But, uh, you know, last time I traveled, I was in Montana. I got the bed bugs. I got the double Bs. And uh, so I check into this uh, Hilton Garden Inn. And uh, I take a nap, you know, because I got up at 3 a.m. to get a flight. Flew here, crashed in a few hours before the show. I woke up from the nap. My On my phone, <laughs> there's an ant crawling on my phone when I turned my alarm off. And I thought, oh, well, okay, that's not that bad. There's ants in the world. And then I kind of got up and started walking around. Oh, there's a couple in the bathroom. There's a, I look at the kind of along the wall. There's just dozens of them walking on the wall. So uh, luckily the Hilton Garden Inn has a promise to make my uh, – my stay better and brighter. So I called to the front and I said, you know what would make my stay better and brighter is if uh, there were not ants in my room. And uh, I, I had to move rooms. But, it, you know, there's no ants in this room. It's fine. But it's still, it's like, it's too much. Bed bugs and ants and it's, it is kind of funny though because, you know, there's ants at my house sometimes, mostly in the kitchen, not really in the bedroom, but you see an ant at your house, you're like, ah, whatever. Or you see a spider, you're like, whatever. If you're in the Hilton Garden Inn, you're like, what the fuck? Spiders and ants? This place is disgusting. Same with like, oh, there's a bunch of loud people next door. It's so annoying. It, I live with loud people that are very annoying. I don't think about it when I'm home, but when I'm on the road, I'm like, I demand absolute silence and... uh no sign of any living creature to be around me. Is that too much to ask? Is that too much to promise? Hilton Garden? I got a Facebook message after my show on Thursday night. Uh, I won't say her name, but it was someone. I think they friend requested me, but I'm at, I'm at my friend limit. Uh, the message was, nah, that's how it starts, nah. I belong as one of your Facebook friends. I have something to tell you. So I responded. I didn't see it right away, but I saw it uh, in message requests this morning. So I said, I'm at my friend limit. Sorry. You can tell me, though. And then she said, to be honest, I was completely wasted and forgot. <laughs> Now I really want to know what did what did drunk person want to tell me in the middle of Thursday night when she got too fucked up at the comedy show? No, I got something to tell that guy. And then that guy, yeah, I, sorry about that. I'm gonna guess the answer to the question you were gonna ask me uh, is Pantene. That's what I use because that seems to... <laughs> that's a question I answer uh, almost almost daily. 
I'll be honest, I used to use Pert Plus, which horrified mostly women. When I said I used Pert Plus, they'd be like, what? That stuff's terrible. Uh, but Pert Plus changed their formula. I'm pretty sure in it. Made my hair all weird. Not weird, but like kind of weird and greasy. So I usually use Pantene, but I'm not that brand loyal. I'll use whatever. But it's a it's a weird question. Well, I think women are more interested. It's <laughs> you know, like if a man sees something they like about a woman, we don't want to know the origin story. Like if if <laughs> if a man saw a, a woman with a nice ass, we don't think what's your secret? Do you do a lot of squats? What machine at the gym do you use? Uh, we just go, nice ass. Hopefully not out loud to the person, but we think it. We don't, we don't, we don't, we're not concerned with the journey of how it got there. Or if we see a beautiful woman with long hair, we don't think, you know, I wonder what conditioner she uses, or if those are extensions, we just think, cool. But women are, women are much more, uh, you know, I think your hair looks nice. Well, what are you doing? How do you? How does this happen? Uh, which is kind of interesting to me because I don't, you know, Pantene. I could use the sponsorship if you're listening. Also, I should be clear: women aren't telling me, uh, or men. They're they're not saying I'm beautiful. They're <laughs> they're saying your hair's beautiful. Almost like someone put a wig on a mannequin, and they're like, wow, it's a nice-looking wig. That mannequin looks tired, though. I had to do some uh, some radio uh, to promote, to promote, 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 uh, promote this week. Uh, well, I had Friday morning TV I had to do here in Des Moines, but on uh, Tuesday I had to do a couple of call-in radio interviews, which is hard. Doing a call-in is hard because you can't see the people. You don't know what's going on. And uh, I had to do it at, uh, it was like 9 a.m. Central Time, which was 7 a.m., you know, in Olympia, Washington. So it's like right around the time all my kids are getting ready for school or eating breakfast or whatever. So I had to go, uh, I had to go to the backyard to make these calls. And so I'm on... I'm doing radio interviews on my cell phone, and I actually put a picture of this on face on Twitter and not Twitter, Instagram and Facebook uh, of of all of my eight year old just staring at me, making faces while I'm uh, in the backyard trying to be amusing for radio interviews. Uh, I don't. Know, I got. I got. Uh, I got a Google alert. Uh, you guys all have a Google alert set up for Gabriel Rutledge, don't you? You should. Uh, because there's audio of the radio interview I did, and I thought, I'm going to play it. Um, just because <laughs> I think it's amusing in the context of while this is happening, my daughter's like making faces on a sliding glass door, and uh, I'm like wandering around the backyard. And also, like, you know, I know the club owner is probably going to listen to this interview. I know I'm trying to sell tickets. This is a, you know, I'm back at a funny bone, which, 
you know, if you listen to uh, all of my podcasts, you know, I've talked about how they, they, they kind of said I might not be coming back to Funny Bones because I don't sell that many tickets. So I have that in my mind. I'm thinking these are the things I'm thinking during the radio interviews. Like I have to be super hilarious to sell tickets. Uh, so I'm trying to like kind of work some jokes in. But also, we're going to talk about stuff I don't have jokes prepared for, so I have to be funny with that stuff, too. And uh, so, and also, this this radio interview, I'm not talking shit about them, because they actually did a good job. The conversation flowed a little bit. But there, there's three of them in the studio. I'm on the phone in my backyard. And they're like, they laughed too much? Like, there's times I said stuff that wasn't even meant to be funny. Like, they said, oh, you wrote a book. And I was like, yeah, I wrote a book. It's called Happiness Isn't Funny. And they're all like, <laughs> they started laughing, which was, I don't know. I'd rather they overlaughed than underlaughed. But at the same time, it was like, there was an episode of Star Trek, The Next Generation. Gather around, nerds. Uh, you know, we only, we we had a black and white television. I've said this before when I was in high school. We didn't have any TV before then when I was in high school. We got a black and white little, I think, 13-inch, maybe bigger, television. And we only got that because uh, we got a VIC-20 computer, which doesn't have a monitor. The monitor was the TV. And so uh, we only had the antenna. We got the local Fox affiliate. So, you know, my brother and I would watch cartoons. You know, a couple of high school kids after school. Watching DuckTales. Woo! Uh, I would watch stuff like Rockford Files, uh, which that's that holds the test of time. Rockford Files is good shit. But uh, kind of the only new show we got to watch was Star Trek The Next Generation. And so I watched a lot of those. And there was one where Data, who was like the robot, uh, he wanted to understand. I want to understand human humor, you know. And so he went to the holodeck, which is like their little imaginary place they could go to set up like fantasy scenarios. And he he would like do stand-up comedy, but then he figured out that the holodeck was just programmed to laugh hysterically no matter what he said. So he'd be like, hello, and they'd be like, yeah! That's a little bit what this radio interview feels like. Where I'm like, so I wrote a book, and they're like, <laughs> this guy's good. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to play the interview and uh, just try to imagine uh, a blonde eight-year-old sticking her tongue in a sliding glass door while I uh, talk from the backyard. Mornings are more fun with Ken, Colleen, and Kurt. Good way to wake up on Star Winner 2.5. Happy to have him on the show. He's at the Funny Bone this weekend. Make your reservations uh, DesMoines.FunnyBone.com and also 270-2100 by phone. It's a comedian Gabriel Rutledge. Hey, Gabriel. Woo! Good morning. Welcome. Hey, thank you. Good morning. That's how you know you're famous when they have to put comedian before your name so people know what you are. Thank you. <laughs> We found this guy. His name's Gabriel. <laughs> Tell us some jokes. <laughs> I'm sorry, lingerie model, Gabriel Rutledge. You know, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. The, the full-size man market is really about to take off. So that's coming up. <laughs> well, does a 
Doesn't your wife think that about you, that you could be one of those models? You know, my wife says things that if I were to ask her about what I looked like, she would say perfect. <laughs> which, which is like, that's too much. You know what I mean? That's like, no, no, no. That objectively, that's not true, but I do appreciate that. <laughs> how, how long have you been married? In? Uh, I, I've been married for 20, 22 years. I'll let you guys do the math, but I got married when I was 23, uh -huh. which, okay. uh, I mean, we're talking, that's, you know, that's the dark times. That's uh, no, no e-harmony, no match, no tender. We had, to, we had to walk up to people, swipe their actual face. That was a personal time. <laughs> and how did you? You, mean it. you know, it sounds sad uh, when you say it, but I'd say community college sweethearts. <laughs> I mean, at that point, you're 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 kind of used to Plan B. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's nice. I I went to school with my wife. I actually I moved to the town she lived in in the, just in fifth grade. Uh, -huh. uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in fact, in fifth grade. I actually, my wife actually kissed me in fifth grade, but it was a truth or dare game, <laughs> which is, uh, that lets you know what it was like, eat this bug or kiss the new kid. <laughs> and she's like, all right, I'll kiss the new kid. <laughs> he, he's perfect. I mean, it's been 20, 22 years. That's a good run, especially for a comedian. That's a, yeah. <laughs> that's a long time for right. But it, I actually think, I think we hit the point where we're like, I think, you know what? We're not going to get divorced because we know we don't want anyone else to ever see us naked. <laughs> when you're like, I don't, I don't want to see the fish I would catch with this bait at this point. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the best thing as a couple to like, you know, if you're in a, if you're in a long-term relationship, get it, be out of shape. Just like, look, honey, I think we've eaten ourselves into a monogamous relationship. <laughs> You wrote a book, right? Absolutely. I, yeah, I did write a book. It's called Happiness Isn't Funny. Uh, <laughs> stories of a Road Comic. <laughs> that is true, though, you know, because, you know, we all think that, oh, you know, anyone in entertainment has this great life, but really, a lot of us are just seriously troubled people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's absolutely the case. And then, uh, you know, I think it's like, it's sort of like uh, when you are a kid and you're like, are all principals jerks? <laughs> and then you're like, and then when you get older, you're like, I think they were fine before they they got the job. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's kind of how I feel about comedy where it's like, you guys are messed up, huh? And I'm like, well, now. <laughs> right. right. I used to be a decent human being. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly right. About, uh, you know, 500 million shots of whiskey and a lot of early flights later. Yeah, I'm a little messed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are, yeah, we're on the phone with comedian Gabriel Rutledge. I'm, I'm sorry, lingerie model. Thank Gabriel you. Rutledge. And uh, so, how old are your? Are you have daughters? Is it daughters only? No, I have two daughters, and uh, I, I have a son. Oh, okay. Uh, my, 
Yeah, my, my son just turned 17. Uh, if you guys want to hear a quick impression of him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that really gives you a sense of him right now. Uh, <laughs> and how old are you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they are. What do we got here? Oh, boy, these are 17, 11, and 8. It's funny because when, when people... Uh, <laughs> When people hear 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 the ages, they're always like, "Hey, at least a seventeen year old can babysit." And I'm like, "Ugh, kinda." Uh, <laughs> we we leave him in charge. We, but you know, I pull the eleven year old side. I'm I'm like, "Look, we're counting on you." Okay. <laughs> You're the secret manager of this night. So, uh, <laughs> Let him think he's in charge. Uh -huh. but, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, your family sounds familiar. <laughs> All right, Gabriel Rutledge, he is at the Funny Bone this week. And, of course, Des Moines.funnybone.com, 270-2100 for reservations. Anything else? I mean, other than the book, Happiness Isn't Funny, what else you want to tell people about real quick here, Gabriel? Uh, just GabrielRutledge.com. Got all my social media. Got links to the book. Got links to my podcast. All that stuff. All right. Funny Bones this weekend. Gabriel Rutledge. Thanks, Gabriel. Yay. Thank you. What a Central Iowa morning sounds like. Ken, Colleen, and Kurt. On Star 102.5. I even uh, I snuck in a plug for this podcast at the end of that radio interview. That's how good I am. Hello. This is a commercial word for Anchor Podcasts, the easiest way to host your podcast. Um, if you don't have a podcast, congratulations. You probably have an enjoyable life full of friends, family, and fun. Uh, but if you do have a podcast, um, I'm sorry, and you should use Anchor Podcasts. Uh, it's easy. It's free. Uh, they distribute everything for you. They give you sponsorship, which... Uh, Apparently, it's just talking about Anchor. I guess that's their sponsorship. But I don't want to brag, but I make, you know, maybe six bucks a month doing this. So, worth it? Of course it is. Uh, go to anchor.fm or the Anchor app. We now return to another riveting episode of The Rutledges. Uh, yeah, radio stressful, man. That's It's... Uh... I was talking about this with the guy I'm working with this week, Matt Holt, uh, because he lives in the Indianapolis area, and he actually he co-hosts. He's not like a guest. He'll actually co-host on this radio show called Bob and Tom, uh, which is a really big radio show. It's on you know hundreds of markets, especially in the Midwest. And there was a time uh, that it was even bigger, and it was really making the careers of some comedians. Because they, they have a lot of comics on. You get known as a Bob and Tom comic. People start buying tickets. And, uh, you know, even by the time I started doing Bob and Tom, it wasn't what it used to be. But uh, the first time I went on, I mean, I was more stressed about that than I was about being on Comedy Central or any of the other TV things I've been on. Uh, because you, you do, you're doing, yeah, it's a bigger deal probably to do comedy on Comedy Central, but I had a set, I knew what I was going to do. On Bob and Tom, they're, you know, you're going to be on for a couple of hours. They have all this prep. They send you this big email of what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to have, uh, 
I think it was five or six different lead-in questions that they can ask you. And then you're supposed to be able to tell jokes for, you know, three or four minutes about each of those topics. So the prep is pretty intense. And that's so they can go, uh, I think even on that radio interview that I just played, I think before we ran, before we recorded it, they were like, anything you want to lead us into? And I said, I got, I'm, you know, I'm married, I have kids, which is like, you know, it's very vague topics that I can maybe squeeze a few laughs out of. And also, I kind of, at this point, I have a few, like, radio jokes that I do that I that I don't do on stage anymore, but I try to work them into radio because they're clean and they work. But, uh, so yeah, sometimes people ask for setups, but Bob and Tom specifically, they would ask for setups. They would actually say, what question do you want? You know, and they're not, it's never that smooth. It's never like... You know what I mean? Like they they talk about a, some sort of funny news story, and then they'll be like, "Gabriel, uh, I understand your son plays soccer," and then I'm supposed to like roll for three or four minutes about my son playing soccer. But the only problem is, like the first time I was on, they would uh, Tom. He's usually the question asker. He would ask the question. I would say one joke. He would move to the next question, and I'm like, "Did that? No, no." I have like two more minutes I was going to do. You know, it was stressful. It's very stressful. Uh, first time I was on, I was very sick, uh, but it went okay. I didn't talk a ton. Uh, the next time I went on, I think I've done Bob and Tom four or five times. I haven't done it in a long time because I don't work near Indianapolis, and that's where they're uh, that's where they're located. That's another stressful thing. Is they're like, don't say you're in Indianapolis. Because they, you know, it's on everywhere and they kind of want to feel like they're local everywhere. So you're not supposed to say like, oh, it's great to be in Indiana or anything. You're not supposed to say anything bad about any city that they might have uh, an affiliate in, you know. So, you don't. it's not a relaxed environment is what I'm trying to tell you. The second time I was on, uh, it went really well. I was the only comedian for some reason. I was on forever. I felt like I ran through my entire act, but whatever. And, uh, you know, they promote you. They're like, oh, you're going to be, I don't remember what I was promoting, maybe even Cedar Rapids. But I was doing a, a, a one-nighter in Rockford, Illinois, home of Cheap Check. And uh, they're like, oh, well, we have an affiliate in Rockford, so let's promote that show. I was literally, like, going to leave the Bob and Tom show in the morning, drive to Rockford, Illinois, and do a show that night. This was, like, on a Tuesday. And uh, and so they kept, every time they would, well, we're here with Gabriel Rutledge. He's going to be in Rockford, Illinois tonight. Blah, blah. And so I'm thinking, I've heard all these stories about how Bob and Tom can, like, change people's life. And, you know, there's this comedian, Augie Smith, uh, who's, like, a, used to be a Northwest guy. And he went on Bob and Tom and had such a good appearance that, like, you know, he instantly became, like, one of their favorites. And he's on the Bob and Tom tour. And he's selling all these clubs all over the Midwest. So there's like this little golden carrot being dangled over you. We're like, if this goes really well, this could change my life. And so in my head, I'm like, okay, I just had a great appearance on Bob and Tom. They gave me merch. First time I was on, they didn't give me shit. I'm like, I must have done better this time. They're like, you want a shirt? You want some hats? Uh, so I'm driving to Rockford, Illinois, and I'm thinking, uh, 
well, maybe this should all be like packed tonight. Maybe this is where it all turns around. Uh, and uh, I got to my show in Rockford, Illinois that night, and uh, they canceled it because no one showed up. <laughs> so that was my uh, first experience with the Bob and Tom bump. Uh, I have... I, I haven't been on it in a while, but uh, I did. They always wanted to talk about how my middle name was Antelope, which, uh, you know, I don't have a ton of jokes about it, but they wanted to talk about it every time. And I was like, I, I think i got to write new jokes about my middle name. I don't know what else to say. But uh, it is funny because, like, for not recently, but for, for a, about five years, I would just be some random place. And they'd be like, your middle name's Antelope, right? I heard you on Bob and Tom, just kind of randomly. So they, it did have a reach, but not the kind of reach that would sell out a Rockford, Illinois sports bar on a Tuesday night. Another weird thing about uh, doing Bob and Tom is, like, you know, they'll talk about funny news stories and stuff, and you're supposed to kind of chime in with your thoughts, but you also, you're not exactly sure. It's not like they point at you. So you're like, well, I shouldn't talk during weather. That would be weird. Uh, should I talk? Yeah. People would call in and I wouldn't know if I was supposed to just shut up or if I was supposed to talk. And I remember Tommy Jonigan called in, who's a hilarious stand-up comic. And he had just, have I told this story before? Who cares? He had just, he was just runner-up on Last Comic Standing. Uh, and the winner was uh, Felipe Esparza. And uh, I do not remember what year this was, but it's been a while. And uh, you know, so Tommy Johnigan calls in. He's like, a, He was a big Bob and Tom favorite. And they were like... Uh, <laughs> They, they asked him some question like, you know, how's it feel to be runner-up or whatever? Are we rooting for you? And he's like, oh, it's great. Uh, when someone else, when you were the, the runner-up to the guy who won $200,000 or whatever, he made some joke about how, you know, he missed out on the money. And then as the conversation went on, I'm not talking, I'm just listening. As the conversation went on, he's talking about he's moving to L.A., he's trying he's trying to sell his St. Louis condo that he, that's where he used to live and uh no one's no one was trying to buy it he was having trouble selling it and I said again not sure if I'm supposed to talk but I he said ah no one's buying my condo in St. Louis and I said hey I know a guy who just won $200,000 and that sound that you just heard is the sound that was in the studio and Tommy Johnigan on the phone like I just dead silence. And then they just move on to like another, t like I didn't even say anything. Like I was just trying to be cute, trying to be funny. And uh, they were just looked at me like, no, now's not your time to talk. Uh, so that was stressful too, where you're like, when am I supposed to be involved in this? When am I not supposed to be involved in this? So it's complicated. Not only that, since they're on in Indianapolis, they would come back from commercial and they would do like local Indianapolis traffic and weather. And then <laughs> rejoin the national feed because whatever station would be doing their local traffic and weather. 
and then it would go back to like the Bob and Tom. And so they would they would uh they would do this little thing when it was back to all the stations, they'd be like, you know, whatever. Traffic by the Indianapolis airport's bad. It's gonna be rainy, some thunderstorms today. Then there'd be like a weird pause and they'd go, Bob and Tom show. And that meant all the stations were back online. And uh, now we were talking to uh, the world instead of just Indianapolis. So it was like, you know, hey, it's going to be fun and free-flowing. Just bring 14 setups and 98 minutes worth of material and don't talk when you're not supposed to talk and uh, (laughs) don't mention you're in Indianapolis except for the times we're only talking to Indianapolis. It was fucking stressful. Uh but you know, there in the Midwest, that if you were doing comedy in the Midwest, people would just come up and ask you, "You ever been on the Bob and Tom show?" So, you know, it, it's nice to be able to say yes. Um, those are the common comedy questions. I, have you ever been on television or Netflix? I get asked that all the time. Uh, in the Midwest, less than it used to be, but have you ever been on the Bob and Tom show? And then, uh. You ever worked Vegas? It's still uh, a very popular question. Which is a little strange to me. Uh, Which, yes, I have worked Vegas, but it's just weird. It's weird that, like, uh, we're still holding on to Vegas. Like, I mean, it is a showbiz town, I guess, but it's not like... um, It's not not exactly like the Rat Pack's running around there anymore. No one ever asked me if I've worked Cedar Falls, Iowa, and I have. <laughs> Actually, the last time last time I worked with Matt Holt was like nine years ago, and uh, it was Cedar Falls, Iowa, and uh, it's actually in my book. I wrote about it. Uh, the book's called Happiness Isn't Funny. <laughs> it's really true. It isn't funny. <laughs> this guy's good. Um. Home of Des Moines' most laughter. (laughs) It's true, we do laugh a lot. (laughs) Yeah, the Cedar Falls gig sucked. It was, first of all, uh, I think on this, it was like a Friday-Saturday situation. On, 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 I think, Friday night, you paid, I think it was seven bucks, five bucks, ten bucks. Wasn't more than ten. And with your comedy ticket, it was all you can drink. So people were like, yeah, sure. We'll put up with a comedy show because we're going to drink our weight in bush light and well whiskey. Uh, which is bad enough. And then after the show, I was like, can I get a beer? And they're like, you guys get half off. Oh, I get half off? You're giving away to everyone else in the room? But the entertainers get half off? Assholes. Uh, And then this gig was kind of famous because everyone talked about how there was some porn star in Cedar Falls who would come to the shows and, like, uh, sort of, you know, solicit the comedians to go back with her to their house or whatever and... She was in some porn with Ron Jeremy. So you'd hear these like weird stories. And uh, sure enough, uh, I think it was after the show Saturday, 
this couple, you know, it was described as a porn star, and then it's like this lady and her husband. You know what I mean? This was not like, <laughs> I mean, amateur porn star is more probably a better title for what she was, and uh, so they kind of awkwardly make their way to the merch line, and they're like, "Hey, uh." We're in entertainment, too. I can't remember exactly what they said. It was nine years ago, but, you know, uh, she said something about how she'd been in a porn with Ron Jeremy, and her husband was standing there, and I said something to him, like, what'd you do, hold the camera? Like, jokingly? And he was like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. And they gave me a DVD of her having sex with Ron Jeremy. They're like, take it. And uh, they also, I was talking to Matt about it, because like I, when I was not there, they asked Matt if he wanted to go hang out with him, and then when Matt wasn't there, they asked me if I wanted to go hang out with him, and we both said no. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I went, it was hilarious though, because I went back to my hotel room with a DVD of some lady who had sex with Ron Jeremy, and the hilarious thing was, is like, there they are, some sort of, I don't know what it is. It was not a professional video shoot by any means. And you see Ron Jeremy, you see the woman, and then uh, these words come on the screen where they're like, <laughs> uh, we accidentally turned the camera off during most of the sex. Uh and then we remembered to turn it back on when it was over. It said something like that. And then, so there, that comes up. And then it look, it's like afterwards, they're naked on the bed, like talking and laughing. But like, you didn't even get to see Ron Jeremy have sex with this woman because uh, apparently the husband uh, was too busy doing God knows what to run the camera properly. But I thought, I thought that was pretty hilarious. Here's a porn with me and Ron Jeremy, but with all of the sex edited out. Uh, just us naked on a bed afterward. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, that's... Uh, and it, it wasn't... I don't feel like it was a porn. Like, it wasn't a thing to be released. It was... I don't think Ron Jeremy knew there was a camera. I don't know if he cares. Because, you know, his nudity's been pretty well documented. Uh, but it was just... <laughs> it was just hilarious. I think they were just having a party. And they had sex with Ron Jeremy. And... uh Tried to tape it, but fucked it up. And then, like, use it as currency to try to get laid with comedians and, you know. I'm not sure how many porn stars there are in the Cedar Falls area, so I'm sure she was one of the biggest ones. But, uh, yeah, just a little weird. Uh, but also I thought, you know, I'd heard all these stories about people being uh, hit up by the porn star in Cedar Falls. And I'm like, well, I'm kind of glad she hit me up. At least she asked me to hang out. I want to be like... The one asshole who didn't. <laughs> I, I, I used to work this club. Uh, I still do. I won't say where. The person's not there anymore. There was someone who lived and worked at the club who lived downstairs, and then the club condo was upstairs. And everyone always said, oh, so-and-so, she fucks every headliner. And I, I'd be like, no, well, not everyone. She, she did, you know, I wouldn't have done it, but, you know, she could have asked. 
At least I would have got to feel good about myself and be like, no. I will not have sex with you. But thank you so much for asking. That's so sweet. Oh, that lady will fuck anyone. I'm like, well, apparently not everyone. I think I turned down sex the same way I turned down drugs. Uh, <laughs> this is very politely. Oh, no, thank you. No, I'm good. I'm fine. But no, that's sweet of you to ask. Thank you. I just had some sex and or drugs, so I'm all full, but maybe a different time. I would, but, you know, I got to go wash my hair. Pantene. <laughs> In case you're curious. Uh, wanted to give a little shout out. Well, first I want to give a shout out to uh, Eric DeLeon, uh, who I worked with once in Oklahoma. And uh, he sent me a nice message about uh, listening to my podcast. Thanks. I appreciate that. If you guys want to send me a message, Gabriel at GabrielRutledge.com or any of my social media DMs. Uh, and I also, um, I don't want to use the word hero for this next gentleman, but maybe I do. Special thanks to Bradley Comstock. Uh, I I almost hesitated to bring this up because I don't want... <laughs> I wanted to shout out Bradley, but I also don't want other people to feel obligated to do this. But uh, there's a little thing on every podcast that says if you would like to support this podcast, and you can click the button, and it's like a monthly support thing. And Bradley... Uh, Bradley is paying me 99 cents a month to listen to this podcast. I don't need you guys to do that. I'm not, I'm not bringing this up for you to do that, but I just want to say, that's really fucking nice, Bradley Comstock. That's nice of you. I appreciate that. And again, I'm not telling anyone else to do this. Uh, you know, I'm, I, uh, you know, I'm running ads I make a little bit of money from that. How much money? I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know, nine or ten bucks a month, maybe? Just to be honest, it's not a lot of money, but that, you know, it's enough that like to motivate me to uh, get more listeners. And uh, so I'm not asking people to pledge their support to me because I don't know it just feels weird to like I appreciate you guys listening if you put up with a couple of ads uh that's more than enough um but that's so nice of you uh maybe you did it by accident maybe Brad's listening right now like oh shit I forgot to cancel that I didn't mean to do that <laughs> I also had this big plan of uh of uh saving up all my advertising money till I hit like hundreds of dollars and then buying myself something nice. And then, uh, I kind of messed up my money this week. And, uh, I think I had $17 in my podcast account and, uh, yeah, I spent it, transferred it straight to the bank. Uh, so that hundred dollars of buy yourself something nice plan is going to have to start over again. But I appreciate you listening. Um, and uh, 
I appreciate you uh, putting up with the ads. I mean, I try to make them a little amusing. Uh, and also, there's no, like, I'm not doing ads that are like, go enter the code happiness and get 10% off your dildos or uh, any of that. Um, I'm just literally asking you to put up with the ads or hit skip. So I do appreciate that. Uh, if you want to leave me a, a, a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be fantastic. Or even if you don't, you commit to your the level you're comfortable with with this podcast. Um, uh, I appreciate it. And for everyone listening, except for Bradley Comstock, uh, this podcast is free and it's worth it. Talk to you next week. <laughs>